Secret prayer. Family prayer and public prayer have their place, but it is secret communion with God that sustains the soul life. It was in the mount with God that Moses beheld the pattern of that wonderful building which was to be the abiding place of his glory. It is in the mount with God, the secret place of communion, that we are to contemplate his glorious ideal for humanity. Thus we shall be enabled so to fashion a character building that to us may be fulfilled the promise, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 2 Corinthians 6.16 While engaged in our daily work, we should lift the soul to heaven in prayer. These silent petitions rise like incense before the throne of grace, and the enemy is baffled. The Christian whose heart is thus stayed upon God cannot be overcome. No evil arts can destroy his peace. All the promises of God's word, all the power of divine grace, all the resources of Jehovah are pledged to secure his deliverance. It was thus that Enoch walked with God, and God was with him, a present help in every time of need. Christ's ministers must watch unto prayer. They must come with boldness to the throne of grace, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. In faith they may supplicate the Father in heaven for wisdom and grace, that they may know how to work, how to deal with minds. Prayer is the breath of the soul. It is the secret of spiritual power. No other means of grace can be substituted, and the health of the soul be preserved. Prayer brings the heart into immediate contact with the wellspring of life and strengthens the sinews and muscle of the religious experience. Neglect the exercise of prayer or engage in prayer spasmodically, now and then as seems convenient, and you lose your hold on God. The spiritual faculties lose their vitality. The religious experience lacks health and vigor. It is only at the altar of God that we can kindle our tapers with divine fire. It is only the divine light that will reveal the littleness, the incompetence of human ability and give clear views of the perfection and purity of Christ. It is only as we beheld Jesus that we desire to be like him, only as we view his righteousness that we hunger and thirst to possess it, and it is only as we ask an earnest prayer that God will grant us our heart's desire. God's messengers must tarry long with him if they would have success in their work. The story is told of an old Lancashire woman who was listening to the reasons that her neighbors gave for their minister's success. They spoke of his gifts, of his style of address, of his manners. Nay, said the old woman, I will tell you what it is. Your man is very thick with the Almighty. When men are as devoted as Elijah and possess the faith that he had, God will reveal himself as he did then. When men plead with the Lord as did Jacob, the results that were seen then will again be seen. Power will come from God in answer to the prayer of faith. Because the life of Jesus was a life of constant trust, sustained by continual communion, his service for heaven was without failure or faltering. Daily beset by temptation, constantly opposed by the leaders of the people, Christ knew that he must strengthen his humanity by prayer. In order to be a blessing to men, he must commune with God, and from him obtaining energy, perseverance, steadfastness. The Savior loved the solitude of the mountain in which to hold communion with his Father. 
Through the day, he labored earnestly to save men from destruction. He healed the sick, comforted the mourning, called the dead to life, and brought hope and cheer to the despairing. After his work for the day was finished, he went forth evening after evening away from the confusion of the city and bowed in prayer to his father. Frequently continued his petitions through the entire night, but he came from these seasons of communion invigorated and refreshed, braced for duty and for trial. Are the ministers of Christ tempted and fiercely buffeted by Satan? So also was he who knew no sin. In the hour of distress he turned to his father. Himself a source of blessing and strength, he could heal the sick and raise the dead. He could command the tempest and it would obey him. Yet he prayed, often with strong crying and tears. He prayed for his disciples and for himself, thus identify himself with human beings. He was a mighty petitioner. As the prince of life, he had power with God and prevailed. Ministers who are truly Christ's representatives will be men of prayer. With an earnestness and faith that will not be denied, they will plead with God to strengthen and fortify them for service and to sanctify their lips by a touch of the living coal that they may know how to speak his words to the people. Prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. The eye of faith will discern God very near, and the suppliant may obtain precious evidence of the divine love and care for him. The prayer that Nathaniel offered came from a sincere heart, and it was heard and answered by the Master. The Lord reads the hearts of all, and the prayer of the upright is his delight. Proverbs 15.8 He will not be slow to hear those who open their hearts to him, not exalting self, but sincerely feeling their weakness and unworthiness. There is need of prayer, earnest, fervent, agonizing prayer, such prayer as David offered when he exclaimed, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. I have longed after thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Psalms 42, 1, 119, 40, 174, 84, 2. Those who teach and preach the most effectively are those who wait humbly upon God and watch hungrily for his guidance and his grace. Watch, pray, work. This is the Christian's watchword. The life of a true Christian is a life of constant prayer. He knows that the light and strength of one day is not sufficient for the trials and conflicts of the next. Satan is continually changing his temptations. Every day we shall be placed in different circumstances, and in the untried scenes that await us, we shall be surrounded by fresh dangers and constantly assailed by new and unexpected temptations. It is only through the strength and grace gained from heaven that we can hope to meet the temptations and perform the duties before us. It is a wonderful thing that we can pray effectually that unworthy, erring mortals possess the power of offering their request to God. What higher power can man desire than this, to be linked with the infinite God? Feeble, sinful man has the privilege of speaking to his maker. We may utter words that reach the throne of the monarch of the universe. We may speak with Jesus as we walk by the way, and he says, I am at thy right hand. 
See Psalms 16.8. We may commune with God in our hearts. We may walk in companionship with Christ. When engaged in our daily labor, we may breathe out our heart's desire, inaudible to any human ear, but that word cannot die away in silence, nor can it be lost. Nothing can drown the soul's desire. It rises above the din of the street, above the noise of machinery. It is God to whom we are speaking, and our prayer is heard. Ask, then, and ye shall receive. Ask for humility, wisdom, courage, increase of faith. To every sincere prayer an answer will come. It may not come just as you desire or at the time you look for it, but it will come in the way and at the time that will best meet your needs. The prayers you offer in loneliness, in weariness, in trial, God answers, not always according to your expectations, but always for your good.